Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast, starring Mark Claire and Renzo Martini. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just notified me just now that uh, George Perez passed away. And I just realized, I mean, he's 60, he was only 67 years old. I mean, so he, he wasn't necessarily an old. I mean, he was getting on seventies and above. I always consider okay, that that's old. But I had like I had like a whole opening set up where I was gonna at least pretend to be chipper. But I feel like with you bringing this up now, this is the only natural place to start. Didn't he have cancer? I, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm trolling the internet right now just to see cause of death, and I'm I'm not I'm, honestly I'm I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, let me, because let me I know I know here. Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill passed away from cancer, but that was almost a summer ago. But, uh, I mean, it's, um, I feel like all my favorite artists over the last couple of years have been dying. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. Hold on. I almost got it here. Da, 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 legend dies. Uh, penciler, da, 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 just for us. Just diagnosed pancreatic cancer last year. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So he's been fighting that for the whole year. I mean, that's, unfortunately you get that. It's kind of like a death sentence. You can't really, you don't live. <laughs> No. When you have pancreatic cancer for that long, so God bless, man. Speaking, and you're of right. Pan- yeah. Speaking of pancreatic cancer, welcome back okay. <laughs> hey. to Print Comics. I'm your host, as always, from so W. Martinez. We're missing out on Mark Claire. He's jumping around Florida right now. Hashtag Find Mexican Mark, and maybe you'll see his upcoming stuff. He's got some episodes coming around as uh, we're jumping towards this summer. But I wanted to go ahead and do a secret, secret origins. For a long time, SBC listeners, you remember that the first episode we did was not an episode one. We went full retro. We did an episode zero because we're hardcore that way, where Mark and I explained many of our origins. But I've wanted to do this episode for a while. And as you have heard from the voice of doom and gloom himself, 
We have my favorite uncle, Uncle Brody on. Uh, I, I've name dropped Uncle Brody so many times on the show as the source for my ability to read. And according to my mother, my terrible sense of humor, but it all kind of balances out. So things things have worked out, but I, I wanted to to bring you on for, for a while. I just think it's so fortuitous that the one time I'm able to get you on so we could record a full episode together is the day that George Perez dies. I don't know if I should feel like, you know, like, oh, this is like fate lining up in this one peculiar moment. Or maybe it's that the next time I bring you on, one of my other favorite artists will die. So I don't know. So I might not ever be on again. (laughs) I I feel like you had your chance and this is just how it works out. But uh, George Perez, some of some of my favorite some of my favorite episodes of this podcast were the ones where we tackled George Perez, whether it was um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was mm-hmm. we, we did that last December for like three, four episodes. Mm-hmm. We did his uh, Avengers run in the 90s when they came back to the main Marvel continuity after the uh, Heroes Reborn era. I mean, Infinity Gauntlet. It, as I, as I as I've been thinking about George Perez because I texted you before the show, you know, because I just found out that he died. I'm looking back and I'm thinking like, you know, how much of an impact did he have on my journey as a comic collector? And almost, you know, a lot of my favorite moments are just touched with his artwork. It it feels it doesn't feel real. No, I understand. I mean. I'll, I'll say this, being that I am 47 years old and I've been reading comics basically on and off because I've been, you know, I've, I've had my super ridiculous spending two to three hundred dollars a month on comics to like, I totally blacked it out. I'm not reading anything. And but even through all that time, um, he's kind of been like the art of my life, comic wise. I mean, from the 80s all the way through 90s and early 2000s. I mean, there's not any kind of major event that I can think of that he hasn't penciled or drawn or, you know, a crisis, the very first one. I mean, that was epic in the 80s. Even the damn uh, um, crossover, uh, the whole uh, DC Marvel crossover that, yeah. he, uh, that he, he penciled all that. I mean, there's a huge, like, poster of it. It's like almost every DC character and every Marvel character all together running towards something. And it's like, and so much detail and ev- even the little out of focus guys. Oh, that's this guy. That's that guy. You can still make them out. He's, he's, it's a great loss today. I mean, I, I thought you and I were going to like, you know, go back and forth, slap ass and, and have a good time laughing. But this is pretty sad. I mean, this is this guy is um, he was, I mean, uh, just a, an unbelievable artist. It, it, he's he's as I would put it, like if I hadn't like my artist Mount Rushmore. He's easily Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you know, like he, he has to be. <laughs> Why is he Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> because I want, his, I want his face to like jut out more. Like, you know, everyone is like, okay, we're all going to be like orderly stacked. And then he's like, uh-huh. but I'm here, bitches. It's like, he's right. He's right there. And uh, I mean, he, he just, when I, when I look back at, at those episodes, and I remember my notes and everything. It's like, mm-hmm. he could make a bad story good. He could yeah. make a complicated story seem like it could still keep a reader, even when it's littered with somebody else's word balloons and stuff like that. Right, he, right, he was right. as much of a contributor to the overall story and tone as many writers were. And I think a lot of writers, um, like when he did Green Arrow at one point, they were like, mm-hmm. you know, I had my story, but if George Perez wanted to make a change to it, 
who am I to argue with it? Like he's, All day. he's, just, he's just one of those Titans. And what's really sad is like many artists, um, you know, he, he was constantly fighting for the rights to his own original artwork, much like Jack Kirby, much like, um, you know, Will Eisner and all these other people like uh, a comic book artists are like the, the redheaded stepchildren of the art world because they're respected in a way in which people can identify them and people will pay an incredible amount of money for their work. But at the same time, it's not like they ever own it. They're, they're dealing with intellectual property. They're dealing with trademarks. It, it, it enters upon this moment where it's just like he deserved more reward than what he got. Right. And unlike, uh, you know, Jack Kirby, who never really hit up conventions and stuff like that. I mean, George Perez was still going to Comic-Con. He was still going yeah. to all these conventions, doing commissions, uh, doing sketches for fans and stuff like that, whether it was for the money or not. Um, I mean, there, there are not many artists who have ever touched his his level of uniqueness like you can't compare an alex ross to a george perez they're two completely different artists you're totally right you can't compare him to a lot of people like his style was his style and nobody has ever really come close to mimicking that or at least mimicking it in a way where it's like you know i see what you're doing it but it's 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 respectable right 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 no, I, I totally agree. I mean, when you bring up somebody like Alex Ross, and, and I think you guys have mentioned this several times in, in, in your show, he's more of a artist that does comics. You know what I mean? And um, George was, I, I would say he was kind of of that ilk also, but still, man, he just, his, his style was so unique. It was so his own. Like you knew exactly, if you saw one of his covers, you saw a couple of his pages, oh, you know, that's George Press. I mean, they're just indistinguishable that that is his art. And nobody could really kind of like either because, you know, it's a, it's a copycat game throughout the whole artist world. But it, it, even if somebody tried, it was like, no, that's, that's not quite right. This, is, this, is, this isn't a George Press art. He's, he's trying to, but he's, he's not it. So, um, yeah, like I said before, me, he, he was definitely the voice of, 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 of my growing up. He, he, he was part of my life basically growing up from, from an adolescent to a teenager and into my twenties and thirties, he was always there. Now, do you know, if, cause it is unfortunate. Any of these guys ever, ever amass any kind of wealth or success no. or. I mean, su- success so is, ridiculous. I mean, success is so vague. Like if you want to talk about making an impact on an industry, having fans from all over the world, then by that definition, they, they achieved immortality in terms right. of money though. I, I forgot it was, I forgot who died. Um, a few years ago, it was, uh, it was somebody who had done a lot of the, a lot of the Superman comics. And, uh, he, mm-hmm. he also died of cancer. It was in an episode of comic book men. If somebody is a comic book men fan and you remember that mm-hmm. episode where the family of this artist basically had to sell off his entire collection, as well as all his original pieces to pay off the medical debt. I mean, these okay. artists, like you would think, that they would be making a lot more than what they did because of the level of their skill and how, you know, right. that they, they had that celebrity factor to them, but they were never rich. And that's the shocking thing. It is. It's it like is. with Jack Kirby. He, he was, he was drawing up until when he died. And I think it was Rob Liefeld who asked him, it's like, you know, do, do you just do it because you love it? And he was like, I do it because I love it, but I also do it because I have to pay the bills. Right. Right. I mean, Rob Liefeld is really one of the only artists who, who ever actually made money. 
But it's right. not because of his art. It's because of his business. And same goes for like a Todd McFarlane. But yeah, I was about to say McFarlane, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're artists, but they didn't make their money through art. That's right. how they got in. Right, right, right. You know, McFarlane had the whole toy line and everything that took off like crazy. And and he just doesn't – the toy line is not just uh, uh, comic book characters. It's also taken off into sports and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. He does like football figurines and everything. But you're right. I mean, you just mentioned it. Like there's there's only been a couple of guys that are really – thought about it that have made that that are successful that have made money successful is not the right word but that have made money um in this business like financially secure um and not you know and, and like but like you said they use comics in as a way to get in and then the transition into something else i mean because is mcfarlane still drawing spawn right now no he he will do a he will do a cover every so often okay yeah but so he, he hasn't yeah. like he hasn't written a spawn book in a while he hasn't yeah. drawn a spawn book it's not like anyone expects him to i i right, like right. seeing other artists come in and do it but right, i mean right. he's he's a mogul and that's how he right. did it i mean he tried to get into baseball cards when you know yeah, speculation yeah. for baseball cards was really high in the late 90s i mean mm-hmm. the guy just wants his fingerprints on a lot of different things things and that is what has allowed him to you know reach that level of success but for guys like kirby who were just in it for the art for guys like perez who were just in it for the art like you kind of look at it and it's like well did they understand that's how the game was supposed to be or was that even something they cared about It, it hurts me when i see them you know pass away and then like a few months later it's like family files for bankruptcy or something like that yeah i mean that's yeah, so that, and that's that's what begs the question. I was like, why were they? What 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 happened there? I mean, did they not have this money? That and you know, it's you realize. Oh, that I think there it was Neil Adams' money family. There. I think it was oh, Neil okay. Adams' family. When Neil Adams died, they had to sell off all his stuff. That's crazy. That's just crazy because you you think about it, it's like, like I'll, I'll give you like a good example. My wife uh, now works in radio, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think that there's once you think like TV, entertainment, radio, that there's tons of money to be made and whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, if you get like, you know, if you, if you're a featured person, the commercial and it's like an ASCAP or not an ASCAP, but it's like, um, there's a certain union that they use that they have to get residuals and all that. So that that's, that's all fine and dandy. You can't make money in that, but like regular, you know, radio employee and everything, it's, there's, it's not, not very lucrative. So I guess it's kind of along the way of like being a staff writer or a staff uh, artists at one of these big, you know, DC, whether it's image, whether it's Marvel or whatever that, you know, it, it pays, but does it? I mean, it's kind you know? of the, it's kind of the curse of being a fan. I, I have a, I have a good friend who's a regular guest on my other show and um, he, he runs his own comic. He, he operates oh, his cool. own team. He publishes through an indie publisher. So he still maintains the rights, but it's like, you know, he, he always wanted to write Amazing Spider-Man. He always wanted to do that. And his thing was like, you know, you're playing in somebody else's playground. Yeah, you get to be the writer who wrote Spider-Man. But at the end of the day, it's not like it's really your book. It's more right. like you're just taking a car for a spin and eventually you have to return it. And regardless right. as to how successful you become, at the end of the day, it's not yours. And that's gotcha. why he likes doing his own indie book, because it's like win or lose, like all the all the success is mine and I completely own it. Yeah. Um, when, when you, when you started reading comics, I mean, what, what did the industry look like in the eighties? I mean, this is when you have a lot of the bigger books coming out, but at the same time, uh, were, were there independent comic book stores? Was that even a thing? You know, did, did writers, did artists, did they have some of this celebrity factor that they've, 
you know, been accumulating over the last decades, because now you go ahead and bring up some of these people, especially right. if the success of the movies right. and even a regular person off the street, who's only seen a few Marvel flicks will be able to identify some of that stuff just through absorbing right. it through online and everything. But what was it like back then when you were a teenager reading all this? It was far few in between because remember, I, uh, I, I came over here from uh, Puerto Rico in 1984. So there's no comic book stores in Puerto Rico at the time. You know, so if you bought comics in Puerto Rico, you got them like at a, at a, at a local store or something. They might have had a magazine section or anything like that. And for some reason, the comic books in Puerto Rico were like this big. Really, they were small books, really, really little. And, and you know, a lot of them were – Superman was super huge back then at the time. You know, so super, uh, Superman and then the Legion of Superheroes was also like really, really big back in Puerto Rico. When I transitioned over here to the United States, uh, Florida, then I didn't see – I'm sure there were, but I didn't have the visibility to really, I wasn't driving around. You know, I was still a kid. I was in elementary school and in the places that I would go, there weren't any really real comic book stores. So again, if I got my comics, I would go to 7-Eleven or I would go to, um, you know, a, a local bookstore and they might have a comic book section here and there. Um, but at that time it, it was very superhero driven to the point that it, it was still like, it was Batman. It was Superman. It was the flash. And it was like, really like the dynamic of the justice league really was really big back then for me. Um, Superman was featured a lot and Spider-Man was featured a lot there in the eighties. Um, the Avengers, you had Avengers stories and everything that were, that were compelling and that, that, you know, opened some eyes, but you know, you, during the eighties, during that time, you always waited for the big event for the big cross or big event crisis or, uh, I can't Secret think of any War. events right now. Secret, Secret Wars, Wars yeah. or anything. Yeah, exactly. Secret Wars or anything like that to happen because um, that's, you know, that, that was the focal point. Um, and again, you, since I only got my comics at like, uh, you know, 7-Elevens and stuff like that, there's not really a way to, ah, there's a subscription. And, oh, can you get this comic come in? So it wasn't really a lot of, you know, a variety for you to select. So you actually had to, you know, mail order these comics. Or whatnot. Now I never got into that, but in the eighties, because it was great in the eighties, GI Joe uh, uh, comic books were like all over. Transformer comic books were all over. Rocket Raccoon was all over in the eighties. I remember wa- getting all the Rocket Raccoons uh, uh, comic books, and they were so great because I was like, "What the hell is this?" And it was so great. Your dad collected some comic books also, and yeah, he, he actually he was, he was big in a GI Joe. Yeah, he he will still. He doesn't collect anything new, but right. his his big thing is wherever he goes, he has to go and find Doctor Strange and Defenders. He yeah. loves Doctor Strange and the Defenders. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that, but I know that he had some Damien Hellstrom um, Son of uh, Satan. comics. Yeah, so I'm going to say he had a lot of that. Them. As a matter of fact, I spoke to him. This is within the last five years. He called me and he asked, hey, do you still have those? And I'm like – I, I don't think so. If if I have them, they're at my parents' house. And if not, they're in that big box that I gave Ryan. And I don't think you have them. I mean, sorry, that I gave you, RJ. So I don't think you have them. So, no, I don't know where, I don't know where they're at. But he did. He had, like – because I think Hellstorm only really had, like, like one season. You know, like, like, one run run. Like, six episodes, I think. And I had, like, four. Yeah, it was um... – you know, as, as far are we talking like the Hulu series, Hellstrom? Yeah, 
Yeah, like that. But like, like that you know, was, the, he had like the half pentagram on his chest, and all it wasn't stuff. like it felt like weird Constantine. Like he was excited to watch that because here you have, yeah, and it is, yeah. it is a beautiful thing right now. Like all the obscure, like not even B rated, the C list characters mm-hmm. are getting their day in the sun, and and watching yeah. that series on Hulu, like we watched it, and it was okay. Like it was kind of like the the Exorcist television that was a television show that was on FX for a little bit. I could but never like, watch that. It was. <laughs> I mean, if you like seeing like Linda Blair come back and her head spinning around and you get what you you want. (laughs) But I mean, it was, it it was weird in the fact that it felt more like an early two thousands, late nineties show where it's like, Oh, I I saw it. I, 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 yeah, I have it actually. And yeah, you're right. I, I liked it. I, um, they took, obviously when they make a new series and everything, they take their liberties and they went a different way with it. And I was like, okay. I thought it would be a little bit more like the cartoon. Now, granted, I didn't figure that the guy would have like his hair up like horns or that yeah, he's not going to be with shirtless with the shirt. K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> Actually, recently they've been drawing him really, really cool, like with a buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's shirtless all the time. They, they, make him, they make him look more like Bowie. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Yeah. And he's got like the little like pointy beard and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's been drawn a lot like in the new Doctor Strange the strange Academy or whatever, whatever he is going on. He's made a couple of appearances there and he looks, he looks that way there. They've made him younger. They've made him more punk rock. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, when I see changes to a character like that, it just makes yeah. sense. It's for a different yeah. audience. It's for a different generation. I I'm, I'm cool with that. When you look at characters that you would have never thought would have been like major characters, like a rocket raccoon, for example, voiced mm-hmm. by Bradley Cooper of so yeah. many people, everyone Superstar. in there, Everyone and their grandma knows Rocket Raccoon and Groot right now. Yeah. What's yeah. it what's it like having seen that evolution? Because I remember when I was just happy that we got an X-Men and a Spider-Man film, knowing right, that right. they're never gonna cross over, that we're lucky if we get a second movie. Right. I mean, I remember growing up in school, comics were still for the nerds. No one liked that stuff. It was stupid. Now it's like right. every hot chick you pass out on the you pass by on the beach is wearing a Captain America tank top or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. it has become mainstream. And I still remember that. That the early two thousands, late nineties. It's like part of me is still in disbelief that Everything that I used to love, now everybody loves. I can only imagine what it's like for somebody that has been there when all the stories that everyone's identifying now were uh-huh. just coming out and new. Honestly, like when when you were at school, like middle school or high school, and you had comics, you're hiding them. Yeah, you know, you don't want people to see you with the comics, so you're off in the corner reading, or you have your couple of friends or whatever, and right there you're an outcast because you like comic books. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it is ridiculous how it has flipped all the way over to the point that now you know not only are you reading a comic book in in public you're listening to a podcast about comic books and you're going to go see a movie about it you're watching movie trailer or uh, clips on youtube for spoilers or whatever the hell and you're dressed in comic book attire and it's just it it's it's so in that I mean, it's amazing. I, I was going to say it's so in that it's bad. <laughs> that I don't want it to, cause I, that was like a part of, of me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, it's, it's been, I don't know. It, it's been pimped out, I guess, you know, they made the money from there and, and all that stuff and good for everything. Cause I love, I love the movies and I love the comics, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, you're like, you're hooking up with my girl. 
Like, what well, are you doing? It's like you weren't here for me in the bad times. <laughs> exactly. Now you want to be here for the good times? <laughs> exactly. What the hell? Exactly. It, I, I do, get, yeah. I, I mean, I get, do. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So you get somebody who starts talking about a character and they only know it from the MCU or they only know it from some of the. You're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. This person is not this and that. Oh my God. So there is a different, there's a whole generation that only know these comic book characters because of the movies and everything. You know what? God bless them. Good for them. Whatever. I don't consider myself like a comic book truist or anything, but I put some time in, you know? So if you're going to talk shit, then know exactly what it is you're talking about. I left TikTok (laughs) because all these people on TikTok are just spitting like crazy, crazy shit. You know, the the um the uh WandaVision, which I absolutely loved, right? Great WandaVision. Show. Right. So they have a uh, Photon, right? It's mm-hmm. it, it is Photon who's in the show, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Somebody on TikTok's like, well, Photon can do this and that, and can do that and that and that and that. That means she can beat Miss Marvel. That means she can beat Thanos, and that means she's the most powerful person in the whatever. And I'm like, pump Shut your brakes. Pump <laughs> your fucking brakes, man. You. Shut up. Oh, this is the third, fourth tier character that you're trying to make the most powerful being in the whole MCU? Come on, dude. I mean, honestly. But I will say this. Listen, I love the fact that it has been commercialized and it's available for everybody because honestly, you know, it's they've been neglected for a long time. It's been only us true comic book, you know, people who love it, and now it's part of main culture. And it it I think it's good for comics. I think it it brings a a different mindset to them. I think it brings a different way to, to, to write them, to put them on screen, to put them on TV. So it, it, it's been great. But at the same time, just to answer your question, yeah, to, just to see it evolve and everything like that, it's, it's been really great. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, you're, 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 you're kind of dating my girl and uh, you, you shouldn't be dating my girl. There was a, <laughs> that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, there's that, there was a Doctor Strange movie made for CBS. It was a direct to TV movie in 1978. I shit you not. I will send you the link to the trailer. Mm-hmm. It was it was around the same time that there was like that four episode Spider-Man live action TV show that was okay. supposed to sync up with Bill Bixby's Incredible Hulk. So okay. they were going to do a pilot movie for Doctor Strange in which he's a psychologist who's fighting Morgan Le Fay. And it's it's as horrible as you think it is. It is like below Twilight Zone level quality. Okay, but like they're giving it a special edition Blu-ray release. What? So you can eventually go to like Best Buy or something, and you will probably be able to find this 1978 Doctor Strange in Blu-ray. And it's only because fans have demanded it. I mean, I still remember, I, I remember when I was in eighth grade, it was about a year after the dark Knight. Everyone loved Heath Ledger. It was a year yeah. after, um, uh, Iron Man when Robert Downey Jr. Just completely reinvigorated the whole, everything, everything, the whole industry. 100% uh, I, agree. I mean, I still remember watching the, the 1992 unreleased fantastic four film on YouTube. And it's like, if I had ever spoken to anybody about that, it's like, right. I have no clue what you're talking about. Right, right. And, and now it's now it's a thing. Uh, I, I agree that it's it's I'd rather live in right now than mm-hmm. not. Right. But at the same time, it's like w- one of the criticisms that Mark and I have made on this show a time or two is that, you know, th- there's a there's a reverse like imbalance to it. One of my problems, and it's why I'm not reading any current books on the shelves right now is that 
especially with Marvel, I feel like Marvel has turned their comic lines other than like Thor and Venom and a few of those mm-hmm. into cheap merchandise for the films. The writing quality has been going down for almost a decade now. They're bringing in a lot of younger artists and I, I don't, I don't like to criticize artists because what I like is might be something right. that it's, it's I, yeah, I, feel, yeah. I feel like, I feel like art is less subjective than story. I can point out things on story, but when it comes to art, it's like, some of a lot of it, I just don't. I think the quality has been lacking with a lot of these artists, and it has yeah. to come with the fact that you know, with all the leaks and stuff that have come out from Marvel editorial over the past couple of years, they're trying to cram things out to coincide with the TV shows and with the movies and everything. They make drastic changes without a real explanation. They're putting stuff out for what they want to deem as their new reader, whether it's younger, whether it's a different demographic. It just seems like. Because of the success of the properties in video games, TV shows, and movies, I feel like the comics, which should be the forefront of all of this, mm-hmm. that that almost feels sacrificed in a way. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. I think where, where it began has now come to be like the, the lesser you know, the actual writing of the comic, the actual drawing of the comic, the, the product of putting a comic book on the shelf is, is now secondary to actually, hey, let's do a movie on it or, mm-hmm. hey, let, let, let's do a TV series on it and everything. So and it's, it's going to be weird because what are we going to – a lot of these movies and whatever are drawn from events that happen in comics. So if the storylines and everything are garbage like they are now except for the Thor, I, I stand by that book left and right. That, that's a solid, some solid, wild, book. awesome shit there. There is some stuff going on in Thor. The art is really cool. The story is really cool. And we'll get to that in a second. But I, I think, you know, this is the information that we draw from to make all of these films and make all of these TV shows. It, it's not going to be there. So then and now it's going to be the directors making a movie with basing everything off of whatever they, they want to put together. And is that going to make sense? Is that going to be somewhat canon or uncanon to what the character can actually do or not do. So I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think we need to get back to creating a solid comic so that we, we have stories to build on for the movies and for the TV and whatnot. Now, granted, I understand there was no WandaVision comic or anything like that, but everything evolved from what, what happened I mean, you, you in my see, opinion, you can see yeah. the fingerprints. You could exactly. see House of M. You could see um, totally uh, uh, Tom King's vision. Like you could see it there. So when you make exactly. changes, that changing stuff is one thing. Right, right. Yeah. I but mean, when I, it's a it's yeah. a brand new. Like you're just making something up that is like, you know, it's not anything that from the comic, and it's not anything that the character would actually do, or this character doesn't really have this power set, or it's like, what what are we doing here then? So you're just making shit up as you go along and we're not staying true to, to, you know, to what the, the character believes or what he's all about. Did you like Captain Marvel? I, that's one of my worst uh, films that I, I, I hated that film. Honestly, that, that movie, I, I didn't like it for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons that aren't the reasons why a lot of people didn't like it. Um, I, okay. I like, I, I didn't like it for the reason that it was not authentic to Captain Marvel. And right. for me, Captain Marvel will always be Marvel. Correct. I think Carol Danvers is a great character. I, I think, think so too. 
I think her is Miss Marvel. Like, you know, let, let's call a spade a spade. She started as a pinup female variant sidekick to Captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. then she would go on to be more of her own prominent character. They gave her a story arc when she joined the Avengers fighting her alcoholism. When she right, came right. back, uh, when the new Avengers were formed, uh, right after House of M, right around Civil War, like... Carol Danvers as a character has a awesome arc, how she became Captain Marvel officially about Mm -hmm. eight years ago. I'm, I have, I I don't like that, but like, that makes sense. What Mm -hmm. they did with the Captain Marvel movie is disingenuous to both Marvel, the original Captain Marvel. And it's also disingenuous to Carol Danvers, the character, because that is an example of this just all smells like merchandising. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I, I, you know what? And and I'm a Brie Larson fan. I, I I think she's got comedic chops. And she she was in that um that uh Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I, I you know I've never seen that. That's actually <laughs> I think that's I'm like really funny. I think I'm like the only guy who's never seen that. <laughs> but she was in that. Uh, there was a show called Community, and she yeah. was the love interest of uh, Ahmed or I, I forgot what his name was. He was hilarious also, and she had comedic chops. So I was like, wow, she's really pretty. She's that. And then she was on um on Twenty One Jump Street, which she did, I thought she was good in that also. Um, I I don't know if her persona or anything played with me. I I didn't connect her with the character. I don't think she really got the character. And even and eventually after you know in, in the other movies, you know how she's like this badass and everything. I'm like ah, I don't I don't know. And then yes, Captain Marvel is extremely powerful. But at one point they're like she's the most powerful being in the universe. I'm like ah, since when? You know I mean even Marvel who was a badass wasn't the most powerful person in the universe. And I'm, you know, I, I just don't just take off with it. You know what I mean? Just keep it kind of whatever. Yes. Yeah, she's a badass. Yes. Yeah, she can do a lot of things, but let's not put her as she's, you know, Galactus or somebody, you know, let's not put her up there. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't care for the film. Honestly, it was, it was one of my least favorite films, quite honestly, that and Ant-Man, Ant-Man one. I, oh, I, I hate that movie. I walked out. I told you, I think you even mentioned <laughs> in the show. I walked out of Ant-Man. <laughs> Now, I've seen it a couple times after because my son Tristan ends up loving that movie for some reason. And I'm like, okay, maybe I was a little hard walking out, but it's not worth a rewatch. You know, it was just, ah, it's all right. It doesn't even have a true after credit, but but that's beside the point. <laughs> when, um, I mean, I, I, I go back to X-Men in 2000. Right. I remember going to see that movie and all right. my only exposure to X-Men had been the 90s animated series. What, what I what I like now is the fact that when that movie came out, they they really made enough changes cinematically and style, you know, st- style wise to make it so that, yeah, this is the X-Men, but this is not a comic book movie. And Correct. maybe maybe I should credit Wesley Snipes Blade of that, because if you compare Blade in the comics to Wesley Snipes Blade, completely different, but it worked for the better. I look at X-Men, I remember that feeling of people who did not know the characters really well, who only had maybe a tertiary understanding, who might not have even liked the comic books, going to see this movie because it was being taken seriously. Prior to all of that, I mean, the only movies I could think of from your generation that had something similar to that are Donner's Superman. We don't talk about anything past Superman 2. And Batman Begins. Yeah. What's it been like watching that in film? Because it's almost like it's it's almost like a cinematic history of how people have taken seriously the, the idea that superhero comics aren't just you know side side entertainment for people, but it's actually good stuff that people can bank millions of dollars off of. 
Yeah, you know, like you were saying that earlier, like the, the earlier Superman movies, those are, you know, especially with me in, in the 80s and everything, if it wasn't Star Wars, then you were looking for something else, you know? And those first two Superman films were just it. I mean, he flew around the world the other way and made it go backwards. <laughs> he turned back time, you know, and saved Lois, you know? And no, sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen No, the, like, if you have not, if you do Superman. not know that and you're listening to this show, you have failed at life. <laughs> you know, and then Superman 2 with the, with the other Kryptonians, uh, Lord Zod and everybody. It's, I mean, those two movies were fantastic. And then we had the horrible movies after Richard Pryor and then um, then the one that they created, some guy who had the power of the sun. Who, and when they made him, it was like a little doll. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nucleo. They, they played some, something on And then he was this huge blonde guy, whatever. I mean, those movies are horrible. Those movies are horrible. And then it was dead. And it was dead. It was, there was no superhero, real superhero movie. There was, a, there was one movie called Condor Man. Look that movie up, okay? Condor Man. And it was, I don't think he was ever in any kind of superhero. I don't think he was in, in any comic, right? But he was, he had like, he, like a condor suit. Like <laughs> a bird? Was, it's, yeah, like a bird. It was like an early 80s movie. He had like a condo car. And, it was, <laughs> and the movie's so bad that you have to see it because it, it's, it's that bad. But in the 80s, you were like, wow, this guy can fly. You know, in, in the 80s, I was like, shit, 1982, 83, I was six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. So, you know, it, it was. Condor Man was, is the shit. <laughs> Condor Man rocks. I want a Condor Man outfit. But like you said, then it was dead time. Like after Superman, there was really hardly any superhero movies that actually made noise, except for Blade. Blade came in, pretty decent movie. Blade 2, damn, that was pretty good. Blade three, I'm I'm on the fence, you know. I, I do like um, that. Um, my dude is on it, Ryan Reynolds. He's on it, where he's basically doing Deadpool before Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're 100 percent correct. Um, so that I I, I like. I, I, I'm not great crazy about uh, Blade three, but that literally opened a door for other things to come, you know, and and to make things happen. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the X Men movies were great for me. I, I was so excited for the X-Men movie because I, you know, one of my first comics that I collected was actual uh, X-Men. Um, it was an X-Men uh, comic in which um, Archangel has had his uh, wings harpooned in the Morlock tunnels. Oh, okay. uh, Mutant Massacre. Yeah. So yeah. that was like one of my first uh, comics. And oh, I, I, I loved the X-Men back then also because I was a huge Wolverine fan because who wasn't a Wolverine fan? Right? The guy had claws. I mean, you're a badass. And but I was a huge X-Men, uh, Nightcrawler, Colossus, that, that whole class. I wasn't of the original class. I was of the second generation. And um, that was my favorite. So when X-Men 2 came out and Nightcrawler's opening scene, again, for all of you who haven't seen that damn movie, get out there and go see it now. Fix yourselves. Oh, my God. It's the best opening of any of the X-Men movies, even first class and on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there a better opening? There, the there, have been, there have been some that have attempted that, but they all fall very short by comparison. Man, it's just an amazing opening scene. And then this is like in the birth of CGI also. You know, CGI was in its infancy. They didn't do what they, what they can do now. And Nightcrawler looked like he could do all those things. And 
he, he was he was just he was just fantastic. He was just fantastic. Speaking of those X Men films, you know, I, I I remember when Iron Man came out, and that was the beginning of the MCU. At that point, they were saying it was the beginning of an expanded universe. Right. I don't think anybody really understood what that truly meant. It's like maybe right. we'll see them in you know, maybe like two minutes or they'll mention somebody, but will they actually ever go through and do that? Especially with all the issues with, uh, you know, different studios owning the rights right. to certain characters. Thing, yeah. It was still just something that no one really knew how it would be to see right. where it's grown. I mean, the, the, the MCU is a, is a Hollywood triumph in all of film history at the same time. It's like, to a degree, a lot of the Marvel films don't have what I think the first two Spider-Mans had or what the first Blade had or what the, you know, the, the first two X-Men films, because no one talks about X-Men The Last Stand. Um, you know, no, they, they were they were genuinely good standalone movies. And I mm-hmm. think because sequels, I, I don't think a lot of younger people understand this. Not every movie was guaranteed a sequel. At all. So it's At like all. when you get this film, it's like you better hope that this one film has everything you want because maybe if you're lucky. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill you will get a number two a number three was a rarity up until 15 17 18 years ago mm-hmm. most films never got a number three I, I think a lot of mcu films and this is where as much as people might not like the dceu from warner brothers i will still credit the dceu with this i, I think because of the fact that they're churning these films out so often and a lot of fan services being given there's not a lot of rewatchability of these films to a degree a lot of the magic I remember feeling when watching that first X-Men, when going in and seeing Spider-Man 2, which is still probably one of the best superhero films of all time. It, while I, I will never not go see one of these movies, I will still probably go see it two, three times before it hits home mm-hmm. on demand. I will, you know, it, it, it's, it's that feeling of we're getting it so often now, I'm starting to feel somewhat like, you know, callous towards it it, it doesn't yeah. have that same magic and i wonder if it's just me being spoiled as a fan or if that's you know it's almost like be careful what you wish for because you might get more than what you want 
Right. And I think, I mean, I think you're heading in the right direction. I think it's going to be an oversaturation of what's, what's going on right now. I mean, Kevin Feige is doing a fantastic thing. You know, it's funny. And, and I'll, <laughs> I was watching last night, uh, the animated um, Thor versus Hulk, right? Oh, so good. It's so good. So right? good. So I was watching it last night and then I look at the credits produced or whatever, Kevin Feige. And I'm like, that's, I think before Thor or, or, or Iron Man. Or is it right in line with it their- came? It came out right after the Incredible Hulk film with Edward Norton. That okay. was when they still and, and this is like a very ignored era of Marvel. The anim, the Marvel animated studios featurettes, uh-huh. Ultimate Avengers, Ultimate Avengers two, the uh, the the next Avengers, mm-hmm. Invincible Iron Man, which mm-hmm. had come out right before Iron Man. Mm-hmm. which was insane that we were having an original animated film the same year the live action film was coming out and they could right. not be totally different films. And then my all time right. favorite Dr. Strange, which is a pure horror film. So good. It made the live so action good. film. I remember watching the live action film with my father, who's the big Dr. Strange fan of the family. And he's like, I love it. And I'm like, that is shit. You don't know what you want. <laughs> you don't know what it could have been. <laughs> So, I mean, to, to and, get then it, and then it was yeah. Hulk versus Thor, Hulk versus Wolverine. Yeah. And they, they came out at the same time. I think it was like a, a dual DVD or, or Blu-ray or something. Yeah. I just dated myself by saying DVD. <laughs> but um, to get back to the question, I, I think I think it's all a money grab right now. I mean, quite honestly, why are we doing Miss Marvel? I mean, and, and, I, and, I, and I get this. I get that it's a younger type of hero. And they're going skewing for the, I think, a little younger type of fan, you know, to make a to, to, to get a different demographic to like their shows and whatnot. I think they get that anyway, so I don't know why they're even skewing that way. But from the previews that I see on that, uh, the how they're interpret interpreting her powers and everything, and uh, I'm gonna watch it because I'm a Marvel head. I love the movies and TVs, and I hope I'm proven wrong. But I I, I don't know. So far, I don't like what i see at all um all these phases oh we're gonna pull out four or five movies isn't that i think sometimes just pull back a little make us want it a little bit more you know make us want it a little bit more i think you're giving us too much all at once and we're gonna expect one to be better than the other one to be better than look at all the look at all the damn tv shows that marvel has put out within the last year year and a half what is that six it's like as soon as one ends, they just pump out. Another yeah, the one other one comes on. Weeks. Now, granted, I love the TV shows. And if you want me to rank them, in my opinion, my humble opinion, Moon Knight. No, sorry. WandaVision, Moon Knight, Loki. Um, don't, damn it. don't say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Don't I didn't like Hawkeye. I, 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 I liked Hawkeye, but it was, it was my least favorite. It was my I least could, favorite. I so I have to go back in the Riddle Soldier, and I can say, am I missing one? What if? Oh, shit. No. <laughs> what, if, what if it's number Rewind. three? Then? Yeah. <laughs> what if it's number three, and then Hawkeye is, 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 is my last one? What if it was, was, was so great, and the animation was just so fantastic? But look at that. That's, that's six shows in about a year and a half. One right, run right after the other. So we're all like, you know – just sitting there, just waiting, like, you know, come on, baby, give me the next hit. Let's go. And it's like, make the junkie wait, <laughs> you know, don't, uh, don't give me a fix so fast. I'm you know, okay. Yeah, you're I, not going to, you're not going to lose us. You're not going to lose us. You're going to make us want it more. 
I, I think with a lot of the studio competition too, this is the first time in my life where I can say that there, there are comic book based shows that I have just not watched. And it's not because I don't want to watch them. It's just because it's like, I have so many other things going on. When am I going to make more time for this? Like when the book of Boba Fett came out on Disney plus, I was watching that. I had no clue that a new season of Titans had just dropped. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and that had red hood in it. And yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I I watched half of that season. I was like, I'm I'm done with the show, but like young justice, uh, phantoms, uh, you know, that, that came out and I have not even watched that yet. Oh my God. It's my favorite show. It's good. Dude, it deals in, and I'm going to get very adult on you here, but it deals with mental health issues. It deals with addiction. It deals with gender association. It deals, let's just call this the most wokest <laughs> Young Justice series ever. And I dig it. Okay. I'm not a huge woke person, but I dig the show. It's 21 Who's- episodes deep so far. It's pretty damn good. Who, who's the who's the Arab character who always dies and she gets brought back to life? Halo. Halo. Yes. I, I, I said I saw on Twitter at one point, I'm like, Halo is my new favorite Young Justice character. And people are like, what the hell do you mean by that? I'm like, Halo is the Kenny of the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite scenes. Are oh, no, all- they killed Halo. <laughs> it's like, she'll be back. Maybe. I mean, oh, I mean that. She looks pretty bad right now, but she'll be back. It's, she'll uh, heal. She'll she, yeah. she'll regenerate. There's a, like you know there there's a there's a show and a movie and a character for everybody. Um, but I mean it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like you know I, I would still rather be where we are now than right before right. because I mean I remember there was a there was a spectacular Spider-Man animated series that was out between like. Uh, shoot between like Iron Man and when they eventually did reboot uh, uh, Spider-Man with the amazing Spider-Man it was spectacular okay. Spider-Man. Right. You could not find any other superhero animated show. Like they were still doing reruns of the nineties X-Men on Disney. And it which was, I still watch by the way, which are still good. Are you excited yeah. for X-Men 97? <laughs> when is that coming out by the way? I, I uh, it'll come out within the next year, but it picks up where the final episode of the pre- of, of of the original yes is a direct <laughs> continuation. That's great. I you know what I've I've heard of it, but I didn't I didn't know that's that's where it's picking up. That's awesome. They're doing they they brought back most of the cast um, except the the guy who voiced Cyclops. Uh, he he passed away about a year ago. Oh okay. So he won't be coming back. And I think the guy who voiced Wolverine in almost like every animated Wolverine project, video games, whatever, he he also passed away. Oh, that sucks. But uh, I, I mean, it's um, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. But it's like you know, part of me, part of me appreciated, and the reason why I bring it up, part of me appreciated that Spider-Man series because it was like mm-hmm. that's all I'm gonna get. And now okay. there's like you know, th- there are animated series that are more for like the the like you know K through 12 audience or whatever that right, younger right. age demographic is, where it's like you know that it's not meant for me and that's right. fine. But it's like I, I I still I still remember what it was like. It was a scarcity of quality entertainment. Right, right. Do you think that we're going to get to a point where is, and I mean, many, many people who don't like the superhero comic book genre are always saying this. They've been saying it since phase one Marvel that we're going to get to a point where they're going to stop putting out all this content that viewers w- will stop going and seeing these movies. I don't think it's going to stop. I think it's going to keep going the way it's going. You know, it's hard for me to tell because quite honestly, there was a, after Star Wars, Okay, Uh, and this is what I'm going to compare it to because there was nothing bigger than Star Wars. The first three movies when they came out, there was barely any sci-fi films that came out. I mean, there was Star Trek, 
but there was barely anything that came out that was even anywhere near on par. The, the closest thing was Stargate when Stargate came out. And we're like, oh my God, this is going to bring sci-fi back because there were no sci-fi projects because nobody was interested in them. And even after Stargate, nothing really happened until you know the revamps or the, the prequels of Star Wars came out, which we will not mention. And unless you like them, I thought they were I, hot garbage. I'm a, I, I'm a defender of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'll die on that hill. Out of all of them, that's the one you defend? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you ever just sit at the sand and just eat sand <laughs> on the beach? That's what that movie's like. Sometimes I'll just stare into the distance and people will be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I have to defend George R. Binks today. And then they leave and they're like, that man is not well. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, so so back, back to your point, all right? There were no sci-fi films for a long time uh, during that time. So I don't know if if Star Trek, excuse me, Star Wars locked down an industry basically for years until it came back. What's going to happen with Marvel now? What Marvel's trying to do is not stop. Star uh, Star Wars stopped. I, I think George Lucas didn't know whether or not he wanted to do any more Star Wars films um, because I mean they were like what twenty years between projects, twenty twenty five years yeah. between the, happening. So and, and then it's like another um, uh, another twelve years before The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. So it's like, you know what what's going on here now? After the um, and we're getting off on a, on a Star Trek uh, or Star Wars tangent, but after um, the 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 prequels, then came all the um, uh, what are those uh, animated uh, on cartoons? Oh yeah, the micro series, the Clone Wars the micro series that yeah. then evolved into. Um, Oh my God! What's the name of that show? I used to love it. Where Anakin and and Obi Wan fought together Clone all the Wars? time. Huh? Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yes, the Clone Wars. Yeah. So after that, there's Clone no, the Wars. No, the micro series wasn't canon. They 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 kicked. No, that the micro series. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But the Clone Wars were. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that's been off there. But so what Marvel's trying to do is never have a lapse. Okay. And by doing so, is the non-fan going to be you know still go f yourself i don't want to watch this and is the hardcore fan going to be like okay i think i'm done and i think they're gambling on they're they're playing the long game hey we're just going to keep pumping out content now like i was saying earlier as long as the content is true and you're not reinventing because i can't stand reinventing a character okay Mm -hmm. just to put them on film okay so as long as you're not all of a sudden you know, the Hulk turns blue. I don't want to see that shit. I mean, who wants to see a blue Hulk? Even though what there's what, Ad, Adam Bomb or whatever, whatever his name is. Oh, A-Bomb, who became A-Bomb. an abomination. One of the worst characters of all time. Yeah, you don't, you don't make Rick Jones a, a Hulk ally like that. That just doesn't make any sense. I, I, would see, I would like to see a Red Hulk, but only because it's like, you know, they tested it in the comics first. I would rather, yeah. Yeah. I would rather have them test bad ideas in comics yeah. than right, test right. it in in the movie in the film because yeah, after correct. that it almost becomes gospel right exactly and they don't care what happened what what is canon in the comics they'll they'll go off of what happened in the movie so so yeah i think i think they're i think they're betting on the long game and i think they're hey look we're just going to give them what they want for as long as they want and then and then that's it you know you and, see, and we'll hope do you see a time and for to, to add some context 
when AT&T purchased back, back before Warner brothers uh, split off when they, when AT&T was really getting into DC comics, um, there were a lot of business executives who were like, you guys are not running this effectively. It's one of the reasons why DC cut a bunch of their books. It's why they let off a whole bunch of staff. I think in 2020, they called it like the night of long knives at DC comics. Oh, like AT&T cut a lot of people. And a lot of folks were like, oh, you know, this is corporate greed. They're doing all this other stuff. I saw it as they actually made a smart business decision because there were a lot of people at AT AT&T saying, phase them out, have just Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and go all digital. Right. I I don't understand other than – and you see this with the comic sales charts and everything. The only reason why Marvel has not gone bankrupt a second time is because they have that protection from Disney. Right. And I, I don't know how long they're going to be able to justify that because with all the decisions that DC made over the past couple of years, DC has been doing tremendously better on the physical and digital comic front. Marvel okay. will still outsell them by volume, but we're seeing historic lows for them. Do you ever see a point in time where either of those publishers just stops? It feels weird saying that now because you think everything is leading in that direction. But in terms of the comics themselves, which provide the base for everything, it seems like that itself seems to be slipping underneath the success of all the other properties. I really hope you're wrong. I, I you know, I, so too. I, I really resent you for saying that, <laughs> for speaking it out in the universe. But... You wanted to start the show with the death of George <laughs> Perez, and now you're going to take that on me? Wow. Okay. This is the magic of, you know, podcasting. You can cut and edit and whatever. No, this stays, this stays raw. This stays hot and emotional and muddy. And people are going to be like, I was not emotionally prepared for this. One star, one star, one star. Well, well what, is, what is the thing that you always say? Stay with us, folks. Stay, stay in the stay moment. With be with us. Live in the moment. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, I... I don't know. Here's don't. a more concise question. What yeah. would it ever take for you to stop buying current books? I'm getting really close. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if, if it's not for me, you know, going on, uh, on, on the app that, that we have and go on there and, and, and look at the comics. And I, I know I'm looking at old comics, but mm-hmm. I, I, go to, I go to a comic book store. There's a great comic book store down here. Um, that I took you to. And, uh, but now it's gone. Now it's switched to another place, but there's another brand that's really, really great down here. Went down there and, and I just overviewed all their, all their stuff and everything. And I'm like, what? And, and I just, you know, go through the comic real quick and everything. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? And there's, I don't understand. And, and, and you answer me this. Why does like Batman have like four titles? Why does Spider-Man have like four titles? Or Superman has two or three. And then they, they're not relatable to each other either. So they're all different stories. And I'm like, and that's been for years. That's not even recent. That's been for years. Why? 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 I understand there's a, there's, 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 there, there is a market for Batman. There's a market for Superman, Spider-Man. I mean, top three superheroes, basically. And, but you are oversaturating everything. And, and out of the four, maybe one is worth a damn. 
they they keep they keep trying to really double down on their on their cash pillars. Yeah, Batman will never not be profitable. It's like right. rather than go a few years without giving Ben Affleck his Batman movie, let's just do a complete standalone film with a new Batman, giving right. a similar story to what we've seen, but we know people will go see it. I saw that movie twice in theaters because they know they'll get me. They'll get people yeah. like us. When when it comes to Spider Man, then you've got periods where I, I have not purchased a Spider-Man book since 2015. Mm-hmm. That's how long it's been. Wow. And you're a Spider-Man fan. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. And they have put out some Spider-Man titles. They tried doing another spectacular Spider-Man body, body issue. One of that. It was not good. They, they got the guy who wrote uh, Ben 10 for cartoon network. One of my okay. favorite TV shows as a kid. Right. Totally they brought him to do nonstop Spider-Man nonstop Spider-Man was also bad. I feel like they try and throw these out to try and get the dedicated readers who were upset for one reason or another. And I can't necessarily tell you why I stopped collecting Amazing Spider-Man. I think right. I, I, I think at some point, and uh, Dan Slott gets a lot of hate. I don't hate Dan Slott as a writer. I don't like Dan okay. Slott as a Twitter personality. But I, right. I think Dan Slott understood Spider-Man. He made some some controversial changes, but overall history has looked more favorable Adam, as time right. has gone by the, the Spider-Man PS4 game is essentially a dance slot story. So oh, it's okay. like people who hated the dance slot era of amazing Spider-Man love dance slot ideas, whether they want to admit it or not. Right. I, it, I've never played those video games, but my son says that they're amazing. Oh, they're fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. But to answer your question, I mean, as they do that, it's one of the reasons why they don't put out as many new, new, new properties, new ideas, new characters. Um, you know, they, they won't do that because they don't want to take the gamble that they may have, you, they may have done. It's like with DC comics, they've been doing their DC black label series. Well, you can have like a dozen different suicide squad or Batman black label titles that are all in their own thing. And they're experimental. Right. They're different. They're non-canon, but at the end of the day, it's still like the same rotating cast of characters. Right, I, I think right. it's because overall, like, DC had to have some real shock therapy. I think what AT&T did to DC actually helped DC put out better books long-term. Even okay. if it meant you have less selection, I think AT&T was like, you can't just put out bad quality stuff. You can't compete right. with Marvel in that because Marvel can fail, but they will not allow – Disney will not allow Marvel to fail despite the fact that people aren't buying those books, like the right, New right, Warriors right. and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think it just comes down to like – um, I, I think I think the comics are going to still be there, but it's gonna be it's it's gonna change. And I mean, I think uh, I, th- I don't think comic book stores are gonna be around the same way. Yeah, I you know I, I I totally agree. I, I think this this particular one that I go to has changed locations three times and has gotten smaller each each and every time. Now you, it, there's a nostalgia about going to a comic book store. You see all the cool superhero busts. You see the 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 comics on the wall that are like first editions and all this shit. I mean, you walk in, it's like your own personal, like, oh my God, this is, this store is for me. You know what I mean? And it's, you're, you're, it's, it's getting encapsulated into this little bubble now that you can't really find them anymore. And what they have, you're right. DC's books are, le- are not as plentiful in the amount of different copies or, or story arcs or whatever that they have. Marvel section is like a whole fucking wall, right? And I would read maybe two books out of 30 that they have lifted on there. So I think Marvel is really cash cowing. I mean, if Marvel did not have Disney, Marvel would not be here. 
If if Marvel okay. was not if Marvel was not publishing Star Wars books regularly, oh, also also they would totally. not be in the top ten for because those are great. Sales. Those those Star Wars books are really really good, especially yeah, the Vader and the, the Darth Vader is really really good. But those Star um, Wars books are why Marvel still has maintained a pretty lengthy lead over DC titles. Really, and just volumes of sales that Star okay. Wars and Spider Man have kept Marvel going basically. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, I'm 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 with you to the point that you know there needs to be less. There ne- less is more. I'm of that opinion right now, especially for Marvel. Less is more. So give me better stuff so that I can continue to buy your books because you are a publishing company. Okay, you publish comics first that you have an entertainment side in which you create movies and films off of. But all your content comes from these books. So let's get back to writing good books, good stories, so that you can make even more money doing movies and TV. It's, it's, it's a pain in the ass. It, it hurts me. It does. It hurts it's me not, on an it, it it emotional and physical level. And I'll tell you, my son, who's not a super comic book guy, loves going to comic book stores. And his guy is Red Hood. And he loves Red Hood all day. So I, I keep buying just graphic novels so he can catch up because he hasn't really, you know, he doesn't follow titles or anything. And he's like all about it. And then he watches all the, um, the Batman animated uh, shows or mm-hmm. movies that are great. There's a couple that are really like not that good, but most of them, like Son, uh, Batman and Robin or Son of Batman and some of those mm-hmm. really stand out. They're really, really. DC animation, I think, is. Even though Marvel's good, DC I think they're owns, the best. I mean, they they own animation, they own television. All these people that are like DC. I'm sorry, Marvel is better than DC. It's like show me where. Yeah, because you can't really compete with that in the comic front, in the video game front. Yeah, in a lot of different things. It's like other than the movies, DC doubled down on what they were good at, which is tell good stories. Right. I, even, I will still defend the movies. I'll say I, I will watch your worst DCEU film more than I will ever watch a majority of Marvel movies. At this oh, point. wow. There are very few MCU films where it's like, I feel like watching this today. It's like Captain America, Winter Soldier, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Endgame. Civil War? Civil War, yeah, Civil War. Yeah. Um, that's about it. You don't like the Spider-Man movies, even though are I, they technically MCU? Are they? I, I don't. I, okay, to answer your question, yes or no? I will watch Spider-Man movies. Okay, I don't really watch the MCU films. I did, really, did you like the last Spider-Man movie? I, I loved it. Okay, I don't know if I would want to watch that repeatedly though. Okay, I get at you. Home. And it's not to diss the movie; it's just like right. there's a magic to Spider-Man too. Okay, I got you. So you like, like the I, Doc Ock movie? Yeah. Like, okay. you know, that's like, your favorite. Yeah. Like I, I want to see Spider-Man be Spider-Man and not Iron Boy Jr. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's I mean, fair. I, I, I will. I will even defend the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. I was I was 16, 17 when I saw that in theaters. Like, I, you know, know I, I didn't mind that one so much. I think the, the one with Jamie Foxx is just horrendous. Oh, that, that, he, they jumped the shark so fast. Oh, man. He was such a bad electro. And it was like. Ugh. I mean, it was it was just really really frustrating. Joel Schumacher is wa- was watching that movie like, wow, something finally worse than Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> In every so listen, area, <laughs> I want to revisit your like your first first question, and you were talking about um about secret origins, what heroes that I've seen develop through the years and everything, and 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 
and, and I'll, I'll give you some that have not given me that the writers and Hollywood really hasn't given them a chance. And, and when I mentioned, even though they were featured in, in the movie, t- to me, Nightcrawler is just a great character. Okay. A great character. I don't think he's ever had a standalone book. Okay. Maybe he has. He had, a, the, he had a limited series that was a tie into X-Men 2. And okay. people liked it so much. There was actually a fan movement to just get him his own X-Men movie universe continuing book. Wow, especially really? When, especially when the actor who played Nightcrawler in that movie died a year later. Really? Yeah. I didn't they know that. Like, it is died. so good. It is. Oh, he, he died of cancer. That's why they didn't recast him. Oh, my goodness gracious. In the X, in the X, uh, in the X Men Three video game, which takes uh-huh. place between X Two and the beginning of X Three, right? They actually give a give him his own story, which talks about why he didn't appear in X Men Three. Oh and it's wow! He wanted to go find out who his real parents were and stuff like that. So oh, it was wow. actually, it's actually a very heartwarming send off for the right, actor right. and the character because uh-huh. they they brought Nightcrawler back for uh, X Men Apocalypse, but okay. it wasn't. It wasn't the same. No, it was a kid, and yeah. you know, yeah, I get you. So I, 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 I think he's really complicated. He fights within his faith, and he fights, you know, it, it, he's. I, I really like his character and everything, and he did get some plugs in the movies, TV shows, and and whatnot. But there was this one comic that they brought him back from the dead, right? I think mm-hmm. this is like in the two thousands, the late two thousands, and it was so poorly done, like he was in heaven or some wherever the hell he goes. <laughs> right. Right. And he comes somehow he's back. Right. And there's little baths, I guess you call them. Oh, little, yeah. The bam, bam, when he but, when he poofs away. Right. But there are little tiny nightcrawlers everywhere following him. Oh, my God. And they're called bamps. And the storyline is they're bringing him back. But these bamps are coming. And I was like, you know what? How are you doing my boy this way? Just let him die. I mean, yeah, just leave him in heaven. If you're going to do this, just leave him in heaven. Let him rest in peace. Let the dead say dead. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. So then another one, I always love Colossus. I'm a big X-Men guy. So I always love Colossus, right? Complicated character. He's, you know, this big brute, whatever, but he's he's an artist. He says a heart. He's this and that, whatever. You know, things happen with his sister. His brother's a nut job. I mean, it's all it, it's all great. But even when they write him, they know there's no real evolution of Colossus. Colossus is it, he was a juggernaut for like I think what three years or something. Oh, that, that was that was terrible, and that they, was horrible. They tried, to, they tried to get rid of that so fast, and yeah, they want I mean, he forget that happened. Yeah, he was Colossus for I don't know however long. And why don't you develop that guy? It's it's just I I hate when people. Some of my favorite people are re- relegated to you're a B guy, you're a C guy, you know. And these guys are are pretty pretty hardcore. But my main success story, okay, of all time is I'm a huge, the original Captain Marvel guy, DC, okay? Oh, we're talking Shazam. Shazam, right. I'm a huge Shazam guy. Now, if you know Shazam, he's corny as fuck, okay? His early shit, it's not great. (laughs) I mean, the art is really cool, but the writing is like, holy moly. I was like, what the hell is this that I'm reading? I'm just a boy. Why am I doing this? (laughs) What's going on? You know? But the time... The tide totally turned for Captain Marvel, and I'll tell you the exact time it totally it totally turned. And you 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 guess and see where when it when when it turned. 
when Captain Marvel became an it guy? When did Sorry. Captain Marvel become it? Kingdom Come? Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, Captain Marvel became it. Captain Marvel stood toe-to-toe with Superman. Okay? And there's a great line in Kingdom Come. Right when the spoilers who hasn't read Kingdom Come, you're an asshole. You shouldn't be read, you shouldn't be on this <laughs> podcast if you haven't read Kingdom Come. The missile's coming down. Superman's holding on to, to, uh, to Captain Marvel. I think he still has his mouth over his, his, his hand over his mouth or whatnot. Because he doesn't want – Oh, right, He doesn't want the lightning. Not, he's going he's to sacrifice himself to stop right, the missile. Right, right. Yeah. So he grabs him and he tells him – Superman tells him, I can't make this decision. I can't stop this missile because I'm not a man or a god. He goes, Billy, you're both because he's Billy at the time. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not uh, Captain Marvel. And right there, boom, lightning takes off. And he, he sacrifices himself, and still a lot of people die, but it could have been a lot worse if he hadn't done it, right? Mm-hmm. And that put him on a totally different level. The next year after that or so, Grant Morrison was writing um, Justice League. And I think it was right after Grant Morrison's initial run, um, it transferred to another writer and, and penciler, I don't remember, but it was the Philosopher's Stone saga, right? Mm-hmm. and Superman had the Philosopher's Stone. He was about to crush it or something along those lines, and you see somebody come out of the corner and just whack and just hit Superman, right? And all of a sudden you see it as Captain Marvel standing over him, right? And then on the next comic, like the very first page, Captain Marvel's holding onto his hand, and there's lightning everywhere, and he's like, ow. Oh. I'm like, wow, they took everything I had to knock him out. And I think it was like John Jones. I think it was Martian Manhunter sitting there, and he was like, you know, not many people can do what you just did. You know, and he had to stop him from destroying the stone or else something bad was going to happen. Superman didn't know. And then it just kept going. He, he became a member of J- JLA, like in front. He became – he started – you know, his, his own title became picking up. Um, I personally did not like the fact that the wizard died and did not like that he became Shazam basically. Oh, and then, uh, and then Tommy or whoever – Freddie Shazam, Freddie, Freddie, yeah, Freddie, Fre- yeah, Freddie Freeman, um, Captain Marvel Jr., which is like the worst name of all superheroes, I think. So condescending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Captain Marvel Jr. <laughs> so even that storyline, though, they had a Trials of Shazam. So that was really good for my. That's a really good story for my fiance's niece. I'm sorry for 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 one of my fiance's nephews. I actually got them that. And really? I got, and I got them um, uh, Shazam versus the Monster Society. Oh, nice. Which nice. They, they loved it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The art's really cool in that one, too. It, it won a bunch of awards. Like people yeah, it's really, it's, really, it's, it's really cool. I, I, I can see the cover. I just closed my eyes. I know exactly what you're talking about. But um, so that happened. And that, and that, I think that whole tournament, that whole comic book about him trying to get uh, the powers, and they were divided between – uh merlins and and the wizards and it was just really it was really cool granted that's not my captain marvel freddie freeman you're not billy baston but whatever it ended up being really really cool and then we venture on and then we change his name to shazam and you know what <laughs> i'm not i'm not a fan of that i i i'm not 
I understand you know the it. Truth. Once you yeah. know the truth, you, you just look at you just look at Brie Larson, and you're like, you thieving bitch. It's <laughs> it's the ultimate Indian giving. Marvel oh took God. his name and gave it to another Captain Marvel, and then she went ahead and was like, "This is my name now. This is and mine." Then it, and then it comes out the same year as the Shazam movie, and it's just oh like my God, frauds. Everyone is a fraud. No, it, it it was it was really it was really bad. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I didn't care for that. But his comics and everything kept building after that, and there was an, and there was still a buzz. He was still relevant, you know. And then the movie came out. Okay, I'll say this: that movie was skewed very young. It's it a was, Christmas movie. Once it, it, you it is a that, Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. movie yes. You forgive it, and you watch yeah. it every Christmas. I watch <laughs> yes. that and Home Alone back to back. <laughs> they are basically the <laughs> they are basically identical movies if you think about it. It's hilarious. So oh. I mean, I like the guy who plays Billy. Uh, he plays Shazam, and um, you know it's great. And and I mean, he's got one of the best villains of all time, Black Adam. Oh, I thought you were about to say Doctor Savannah. I was no, like, where are you about to go with that? <laughs> no, it, it, and granted, he's got some of the best. He has the to me, Black Adam is maybe top top five. Uh, villain adversary of all time but like the rest of his uh villain arc is is garbage a little worm can remember his fucking name um dr savannah i i just i you know there's there's even like a uh, a, a middle eastern captain marvel called Iback, and he has the powers of whatever mi- middle eastern mythical gods Suicide or whatever bombing yeah it's, <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned The Rock, and I actually think this is the perfect place to, to wrap things up. Wrap yeah, totally. things up for this episode. And I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk about this. And I mean, I, I'm glad that we're able to, you know, do this, especially before the wedding and everything. You know, yeah, you totally. bought you bought me my first Spider-Man action figure. I don't know Did if you I remember know? that. You bought no. me my first Spider-Man action figure because I loved that action figure. I, I made my mom when my dad was in Korea turn on the TV to the animated Spider-Man TV show in the nineties. That's what got me into the X-Men. That's what got me into everything else. That's really what catapulted it because you bought me that action figure when I was like four or five. That's why we're doing this show right now. That's awesome. So, you know, I I just want to say like, you know, when I say that you are the reason why I have, you know, spent so much astral amounts of money on what (laughs) some people call a hobby that's peculiar, like, you know, thanks. But uh, to, to wrap things up, you know, you bring up the rock, Everyone in Hollywood, everyone in music, Harry Styles is going to be Star Fox. Everyone wants a piece of comic book action at this point. I'm curious because, you know, let's go back to the 90s during your boy band phase. For those of you that don't know, you were in the the band Mm C-Note. You were featured on the Rosie O'Donnell show. You you, you went all over the place living the boy band life. Mm -hmm. If you could have been casted, in your twenties, when you were at the height of, of your of your music career, yeah, what character and what movie, based on it, any comic book property, would you have wanted to star as? Holy shit! Kabam! That is. That is I'm sorry, Shazam! Question. That is a great question. Um. All right, so I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a. a this this is not going to be a popular, not even popular, but even like sexy answer. But I always wanted to be Sunspot from um, 
X-Force? You can't let the Japanese have their own character? <laughs> what is wrong with you? No, not Sunfire. <laughs> not Sunfire. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I got Sunfire. <laughs> not Sunfire. <laughs> Sunspot, the Brazilian kid. Robert oh, Picosta. okay. From yeah. New Mutants. Okay. Yeah, yeah. From New Mutants. <laughs> and he went, he went to X-Force. And there was this, this time that X-Force was like really like Rob Liefeld X-Force. Liefeld. I can't ever say his last yeah. name. Yeah. But that whole that whole frame, I really I was a big X Force guy during that time frame. So like Warpath, I was a real big Warpath guy and everything. But if I was to be cast at that age when I was much thinner, wearing leather, <laughs> a, you were already leather wearing pants. leather. You would have been perfect for the X Men hey, franchise. I, I was already in character. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have played a Robert DeCosta perfect. Oh my god! I would have been I would have been Sunspot. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. the leather, <laughs> like it, it, it combined everything, folks. I'm gonna include a link in the show notes. You can see a photo of him in the leather days. See oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, they were great, Uncle Brody. I, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh no, man. Thanks for having me. And I'll, I guess I'll see you in a, in a couple of weeks, man. Absolutely. Well, folks, as always, we live in a great era to be a comic book fan, to be an aficionado, to be an aficionado, to be a collector. It's it's an amazing time to be alive, regardless of all the gripes and complaints. We're spoiled. What can we say? But if you want to go ahead and get back to this community, you can do one thing. Leave us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher app. Maybe consider getting in on more of the action over at patreon.com slash second pod. We have a new season of Remso versus the MCU phase two. What Mark missed, where he's going to be capping off the ultimate Fantastic Four. And so much more here at Second Print Comics. Remember, read comics and change the world. Night, America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.